to the Hoop Culture Podcast. My name is Dakota Haynes. I'm the leader NBA reporter right here at Fancy Sports Industries. Welcome to episode two. Got a lot in store for you. And first of all, I'm going to introduce my guest for today, Derek Harper. Derek, you were just at the APSE conference, the Associated Press Sports Editors Conference in Las Vegas, and you spent some time at NBA Summer League. Talk to me about that conference that you went to first and foremost. So it was good. The first day was NBA Con. So the NBA Summer League has really been growing as an event. And so they put on this now thing that's more of a convention. At the same time, it's at Mandalay Bay Event Center. So my friend had free tickets. So we went over to that. You could customize your own like clothes. You could listen to certain players speak participate in like basketball events and like Carl Anthony Towns we actually listened to speak for I don't know five to ten ten minutes and he had a host talk a couple of hosts talking to him um and then there were like music artists that were there not when I was there but it was a really cool event and um and some summer league as a whole has been really cool it's definitely growing um obviously the games without Victor were a little more empty but I think the NBA is realizing, obviously, Vegas is going to be an expansion city with Seattle. It's pretty obvious. And that I think both those markets will do very, very well. <clears throat> and on that topic, I mean, Adam Silver, we listened to him speak. He can't say it's, like, official, obviously, but it's basically all but said that it's going to be Vegas and Seattle. Um, and he really felt that John Morant deserved the 25 games, and so it will remain to be seen if he'll use those 25 games to be a better person or if he'll just flash his gun again. So um, we'll see. Yeah. You mentioned the uh, expansion timeline, um, which I actually wrote an article on phantom sports about um, silver had confirmed that the league will be exploring the idea. Once the current media rights deal is up in 2025, that they're looking at it, but it's not a sure thing yet. Obviously, as you just mentioned, uh, his tone around uh, this time when he spoke with you guys at the APSE conference uh, sounds a bit more sure that there is going to be a expansion um, than it did back in uh, the 2022 NBA Finals when he said the talk of the expansion wasn't true. Um, yeah, I mean, he said it like wasn't official and stuff, but he even since then actually sent a tweet to the Seattle ed- editor that there's been a report that it is official and a done deal, but no NBA is reporting that it was some some sports site. I don't remember what it's called. Um, said it's official. You know, just thinking about which teams deserve to have an NBA expansion team, the mo- or which cities deserve to have an NBA expansion yeah. team the most. Seattle is the first city that comes to your mind. They served as a NBA market from 1967 to 2008 until the Sonics were rerouted to Oklahoma City. The fans here in the Pacific Northwest, they want the rival of the Portland Trailblazers back. It, you you just have to have that Seattle-Portland rival. You do. Um, and- but one of the key issues... For the Sonics' departure, arena was the arena. Now that building has since been been renovated and reopened as Climate Pledge Arena, 
I've been installed it and which now serves as the home for the NHL expansion, Seattle Kraken. It is a phenomenal facility. It's a little weird looking at both Jumbotrons because you're not sure where to look, but it is a phenomenal building now. It's it's insane. <laughs> but when you also take a look at, well, if you're doing an expansion, you have to have more than one team, right? So you could add a team in the east but it just doesn't make sense geographically to do that when you already have a couple of teams that you could already sh you could just shift over to the east because of new orleans memphis than they are western teams such as the new orleans pelicans you know they're more on the east than they are in the west or memphis but, grizzlies and the memphis grizzlies yeah you know both those teams are on closer to the east coast than they are to the west coast um but you know so you have to look at well what other place could you put a team in the west well you could do another team in arizona california wherever but the most logical place would be las vegas as you said now years ago that would have been a no-go <laughs> that's all changed after the Las Vegas Golden Knights landed there in 2017 as an NHL expansion franchise, then the WNBA Aces arrived, then the NFL Raiders, and an MLB team may be on its way soon. Yeah, I mean, in my short time there, I wasn't in there for a full week, I think I was there for like five days. I've seen how that city has grown, and my goodness, they're building another arena just for the NBA team. They will not be sharing with the Vegas Golden Knights. So they're building a new arena, and if my memory serves me correctly, the building will have a retractable roof like the Mercedes-Benz dome, and for the Falcons, it'll have like a it'll be it'll go like around like that. So that's an interesting thing for NBA. <laughs> but a retractable roof in for basketball. Yeah, I'm not sure about that, but I mean, think about it, Vegas. Today it's 116 there. So I mean, there's I days where they'll to. It's like the Astros. There's days where they'll have to shut it for hotness, for yes or heat, and there's days where they'll have to open it. Like it makes sense because you're in a market that, let's be real, it doesn't really rain so much as it monsoons occasionally. So you could have that sucker open a majority of the season probably. Yeah, I guess it is a desert heat over there and you know in the desert you take a look at arizona you take a look at nevada yes. it doesn't really get cold no. in the winter time either i mean it at night i guess the coldest it will get maybe is like 60 50 yeah you know but that's it doesn't snow it that's a cold i mean it did last year in vegas <laughs> it did a little bit in vegas last year yes but that's a rarity Right, exactly. Um, but it's just a like it's just a cool, cool evening, you know. And people enjoy being out there, you know, with a roof open in fifty, sixty degree weather, even seventies, you know, that's just perfect temperature for a roof to be open. You know, you take a look up at Seattle even, you know, here on the west coast, like that's just perfect temperature for a roof to be open. But yeah, and no, I mean those are the Teams that come to mind when you're talking about an expansion. With, and when, 
And Silver made that clear because Silver said, like, I mean, and even my professor from IUPUI said, I guess IU Indy now, is that Vegas Summer League started in a small California gym back in the Magic Johnson days when he was drafted. I mean, now it is a full-on event. I mean, they've added this whole NBA con at Mandalay Bay Event Center. I mean, the support for Summer League when I was there was insane. I mean, <laughs> Vegas, I have no doubt in my mind. I was skeptical before, but since this last trip, there's no doubt in my mind Vegas would support this team 100%. I mean, on probably two tourists alone, too. <laughs> yeah. Well, talking about support around a team, the Blazers fans have been a little iffy on whether they want to support or not on the Blazers. Yeah. Lillard requested a trade. Blazers drafted Scoot Henderson. Your thoughts on, you know, Lillard asking out what the Blazers are doing. Was Scoot Henderson a good pick for Portland? Let me let me get your thoughts on that, and then I'll tell you what my, I'm thinking. I think he could be a good pick. I'm wary that he might be injury-prone now after getting injured in Summer League. I'm nervous for that with our team's uh, his, with the Blazers, I guess, injury-prone his, history with rookies. Um but it's a bunch of turmoil. Damien, uh, it could be a Kevin Durant situation where it comes down to the trade deadline. The rumor is is that Cronin wants both of Miami's young guys, and Miami says no, you're 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 only getting one. So that's what that's the holdup on this is Miami wants to only give up one. Cronin says no, give give us both. So that's why they're just stuck at this moment. But, I mean, you definitely saw the presence of Dame fans and people wanting him at Summer League. I mean, I saw little Lillard jerseys all over. I mean, I was walking through my hotel on the Strip. Or no, it was an NBA, NBA con, yeah. And I saw a Damian Lillard Weber State jersey. I was like, what? I mean, then when I was at Summer League, a Celtics fan stood up and goes... And yelled directly across the court to Cronin and said, "Trade Dame to the to the Celtics." <laughs> and so it's definitely been a lot of outcry, outfall, or fallout. Um, it's interesting. It'll it'll be tough to see him go, but I understand it. He's in his prime. Um, then there's been rumors of something going on in his in his uh, pers personal life too. So um, it's been interesting, but. I think it's probably for the best. I hate to see it, but it'll be interesting to see what happens. It's been quite uh, chaotic. <laughs> yeah, you've got to look at what Damian Lillard has done for the city of Portland when you're talking about him finally having enough and requesting that trade. You know, he's brought the Blazers through poverty, essentially. Yeah. Um, you know... You take a look back in 2011, 2012, when he was first drafted. You know, he was a kid that nobody really knew. You know, nobody in the NBA really wanted him. You know, if the Blazers hadn't had drafted him, it had been, it sounded like that he was going to fall, like, to the second round, pretty much, around the time of the draft. Um, but the Blazers took a chance with the n number six pick, no, number 10 pick, I think it was, somewhere six. in there. Six. 
sixth pick. That's right. It was a sixth pick. Um, they took a chance on Lillard, you know, a four-year kid out of uh, college, which was, at the time was kind of unheard of, of, you know, a four-year college student being taken in the top ten. It was kind of unheard of, but, you know, since then we've seen it more and more. But you have to take a look at what he's done for the city of Portland. He's the all-time leading scorer. He's led the Blazers to a Western Conference Finals pretty much all by himself in 2019. Sure, he did have CJ McCollum, but... In that big game seven, CJ willed him to that win. But CJ himself is not a star. He's he's getting there, and he's he's had his moments, but he's not a superstar. That's where the Blazers have really taken the fall, is they haven't gotten the superstar around Dame. That can exactly. I mean, him to the, the last superstar was really LaMarcus, I mean. And even then, LaMarcus Aldridge wasn't a superstar when he was in Portland. He was on the verge of it, but he became that superstar when he was in San Antonio. And the Blazers had, what, two years of Lillard and uh, Aldridge together? Two or three years, I think it was. And then they split that entire team up. You know, they let Wes Matthews go. They traded Robin Lopez. They traded Nick Batum. And Lillard pretty much had nobody at that time. And he just... He just doesn't want to go another rebuild again. I mean, it, I get it. Like, you, you have brought yourself this far. You've given yourself a chance to win an NBA championship time and time again. But the team just hasn't put in the right guys around you. And now, you know, Chauncey Billups, is he a good coach? Well, that's to be determined. I mean, I'm not sure if he can lead the Blazers to a championship or not. But, you know, you it's also that kind of era where you've got a new coach. You've also got to put the guys that want to play in his system around that coach and see how it works. And I'm skeptical because it was said that it was Dame that wanted Chauncey. Now Dame's gone. You split up him and uh, CJ. And that's the one move. People will say it was necessary, but you look back and go, should they really have split those two up? I, do, I don't think so. I'm one of the people that thinks that you got it. You should have kept them on. And you say that we should have. But So there's that different viewpoint, but... I think that when you split up McCall and Dame, I think that maybe should have been when Dame left. But hear me out. Okay. Or you should have kept Josh Hart. That was a boneheaded move, in my opinion, to let him go. Yeah. I'm not sure on, on that one. Um, I think that Chris Murray kid that the Blazers got from Josh Hart is going to be good. Um, I mean the Chris Murray move, the Chris Murray draft pick. I watched him in summer league this year in person. The dude steps back in the corner and he just money. I mean, just like his brother Keegan. Yeah, and just it's it reminded me of Wes. Wes Matthews is Chris Chris Murray, really. I mean, he stepped back in the corner, switch. I was like, 
<laughs> so talking about Scoot Henderson, I I like this fit in Portland more than I like Damian Lillard in Portland. And here's here's why. And this isn't a diss against Dame by any means, right? You're gonna make him create a new song. I've been a fan of him since he was drafted in Portland, but. I like Scoot Henderson in Portland better because from what I've heard is he's a Russell Westbrook with a better shot. If you can get triple doubles from a guy like Scoot Henderson, then that's going to be so good for the Blazers franchise because you're going to have an extra guy down low getting the rebounds. You're going to have ball movement which I'll, I'll talk more about the ball movement here in a minute, you know, but you're also going to have a guy that can shoot just as well as Dame. That's great. But is he, I don't know. I just feel he might be a little bit too built for those game winners, like the one against the Rockets where you had Dame run around the arc, get the feed from Nick, and put it in. And it's just like, I kind of feel that he might be a little bit too built. That's where you don't need. Uh, that's where you don't need Scoot Henderson to be the go-to scorer because you've built yourself a quality backcourt of youngsters, which I also wrote an article about on Phantom Sports on why the Trailblazers' backcourt might be a problem for the NBA. So do so for those team winners, do you go to Simons? Do you go to Murray? You go to Shaden Sharp. I guess Shaden too, yeah. I mean, and I and I did a deep dive into the history of the Blazers backcourt. You know, yes, we've said the Blazers backcourt might be a problem for years, but you really have to take a look at what the Blazers have now. You know, and if you ask the fans, some will tell you that Anthony Simons is not a point guard. He doesn't need to be with Scoot Henderson. You add in Shaden Sharp, and you have three elite young guards who could all erupt for 30-plus at any point. <laughs> yes, it's going to be a shift in eras, but there's three unselfish guards Simons has seen an uptick in his assist totals over the last two years. Sharp had a decent amount of assists for the amount of playing time that he received in his rookie season. And at the end of the season, he was balling out. But what you the assist totals don't show is how they actually rank amongst the NBA. For Simons and Sharp, on-ball passing is in a sense, a weakness in their game. The latter ranked 21st percentile in this last season. And Simons ranked in the 51st percentile, which is still an uptick for him from the, his first few seasons in the NBA. That's where Scoot Henderson is going to come in handy because if he can get you those, if he can move the ball as well as a guy like Russell Westbrook does, as, and still be a decent shooter, then he's going to be a great fit 
for Portland. Russell Westbrook has ranked in the 90th percentile in passing 10 out of the 15 years in his career. There's going to be a problem for the NBA if Henderson can pass as good as that. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if the Blazers are going to use a three-guard lineup. It's going to be tough because you have Henderson who's going to be a starter. Simons has proven he can be a starter. And I think this is Simons' time to kind of erupt. So do you sit Shaden? I don't think you can. That's, that's the question that I was actually just about to ask you. So with that being said, who do you send to the bench? Now, my problem is... Henderson, Simons, and Sharp. You can start all three, however. The problem is, in starting all three, they're all guards. So the height advantage will go to the uh, the opposition most likely. But depending on the that's opponent... The Blazers, that's where the Blazers did it wrong in the past, is they had two undersized guards who didn't play defense. Thing is, you can't, no. you can't have like a shade and sharp go up against a... Six foot nine or ten or whatever, like Kevin Durant is. So that's the problem. But now you have three elite guards who, now in his first couple seasons, yes, Anthony Simons wasn't a great defender. But you go ahead and take a look at the percentile from this last year. He improved a lot. Yeah, in the 67th percentile in the NBA. He he had more playing time. He wasn't behind like I think it would have been uh, CJ. Correct. But, you know, Shaden Sharp, also a good defender. But he has room to grow. He has room to grow too. So the ceiling is high for him. I think if you have to bench any of them, you bench him. You bench Sharp. That's where the Blazers did it wrong in the past is you had two undersized guards. And you that's, that would be the same thing if you went with Henderson and Simons. I think you start... Now, it, it would be Chauncey Billups going up to Anthony Simons and saying, hey, look, we value you as a leader on this team. We want you to score. We want you to be... You know, we want you to play the way you ha did last season, but we also think that for the better interest of this team, it might be better if you come off the bench. Not not in any sense of him being behind Scoot Henderson or Shaden Sharp, but because he, he would get this pretty much the same amount of playing time. But you would send him to the bench and start Henderson and Sharp, where you'd have 6-2 and 6-6 six, six at your point and shooting guard positions. Yeah. So who's the small forward? significant height difference from what you had with Lillard and McCollum. So who do you put at the small forward position? Which I think it, I think it'll also give Simons, if they do that, it would give him more motivation, more of a chip on his shoulder, but who do you start the small forward? 
Matisse Thibel. Or Nazi Little. Little might be the go-to. Although, only six, six. and how tall is Thibel? I mean, um, and you've got to please. So I guess I guess it would be the same thing. And you've got to also please Thibel. I mean, you think about it, whether the rumors are true or not. He allegedly wanted to play for the Mavs. Mm-hmm. So, do you want to have him sitting on the bench the majority of the time, or do you want to try to give him that extra motivation? Let's start him at the small forward. You probably start Matisse Thibel at the at the small forward position, and then you've got Jeremy Grant at the power forward, and as of now, Nurkic at the center. Uh, I think both. I think we both know he's not going to be there. Yeah. Uh, there's, so there's if Nurkic might if, be on the way out, he he kind of put those rumors out there on his own. But. He and Dame are kind of a pair. So hypothetically, hypothetically, if Nurk's gone, who do you start at center? Well, you would have to go with. Um, <laughs> I mean, I I know the Blazers have been looking at that Eddie Tavares out of uh, Real Madrid. They've offered him a. Uh, they've offered him to come play in the NBA. They tried to buy him, buy his contract out, I think it was. Um, Real Madrid hasn't uh, accepted the offer yet. But you have John Butler Jr., who is seven foot, uh, who could be a, a center. You have uh, Ibu Baji. Okay. Uh, that, that is who I would go with. That Dwight kid. Uh, I can't remember his last name. No. He, he looked really good for the Blazers in uh, Summer League. You go, I the one game I went to, you go with Baji. That dude was unstoppable. I mean, the announcer, Baji. The score to Baji. Baji. I mean. Wap Reef. Wap Reef. That kid was, that kid was phenomenal in uh, Summer League for the Blazers as well. So, I mean, you have quite a few people. I mean, I think we could be looking at a very young starting lineup, especially at the center uh, position. I'm sure they'll tweak some things, too. Preseason will be very interesting. But I think you do need a true center, not some 6'11 power forward at the center. I think you do need a true 7-foot-something center. Right. And if the Blazers do end up landing that Eddie Tavares out of uh, the EuroLeague or whatever it is, it is a... Seven foot three, um, very good defensive, former NBA, like defensive uh, or G League player of the year or something like that. Uh, so he's he'd be a really good fit for Portland. Something better than they've never seen. I mean, I don't know how his scoring is, but a mm-hmm. defensive anchor like that at the center position would be really good fit for Portland. Yeah, it'll be an interesting season. I think the preseason will be really telling. I think tonight was just an off game for them. That or the Heat are that good with their young guys. Um, Which also might not be the case here in the future if Lillard goes to the Heat. Because we'd be getting some of those younger Heat guys. 
So it'll be interesting. All right, Derek. Well, thank you. Thank you for joining me. Yeah. Uh, it's been a fun one. It's been, I've enjoyed talking about the APSE, the Summer League, and the Blazers with you. Uh, hope you have a good rest of your night. Uh, we'll chat soon. All right, that was Derek Harper, owner of Northwest Sports Desk, uh, former partner with Phantom Sports Industries. But a couple of other things that I want to talk about here on the episode today. Something that just happened today was Bobol signing with the Suns. Now, I like this addition for the Suns. I think it's going to be good for him to have players to compete with, right? He's got DeAndre Ayton. He's got Drew Eubanks. He's got some centers that he's going to be competing with with the Suns. But the question here is, and I, I don't like it, because Bull did really good last year for the Orlando Magic as a seven foot two big man. He stayed on the court and stayed healthy for most of the seasons. Ended up playing seventy games, but averaged nine points, five, six rebounds, and one point two blocks in twenty one and a half minutes per night. Now, don't get me wrong, I like Bull. I'm a Ducks fan. I watched Bull while he was at the University of Oregon. I I grew up watching the Ducks. I grew up around the Ducks. But we're out here acting like Bull is a star who deserves to be on graphics with Bradley Beal, Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, and DeAndre Ayton. Huh? Bull is not a star in the NBA. He's a 23-year-old who has only had four seasons in the NBA, three of which he averaged less than six points and three rebounds. He's had one good season in which he averaged less than 10 points and six rebounds. Sure, he's a solid backup center or power forward, but he's not a starter or a star in the NBA. Now, sure, you could start him. He did end up starting 33 games last year for the Orlando Magic, but he's not a star. He doesn't deserve to be on graphics like with Kevin Durant, Bradley Beal, Devin Booker, and DeAndre Ayton, at least not yet. Now, sure, he could get there, but he's only 23 years old, and he's not a star in the NBA yet. But we're we're acting like he deserves to be on those graphics. A lot of other media companies are putting him on those graphics. Why? He, he hasn't proved anything yet. Why are we putting him on those graphics over a guy like
Eric Gordon or Drew Eubanks, who last season, you know, the past two years has been doing great for Portland. Sure, last year he only averaged 6.6 points, 5.4 rebounds, but the year before that, 14.5 points, 8.5 rebounds. Eubanks is a little older. But he's not much older. Drew Eubanks is only two years older than Bull. So I, I just don't get it. Like, why are we acting like Bull is going to be a star with the Suns? But anyways, enough about that. We're here. Talk about Sabrina Ionescu. Ooh, speaking of Oregon, that girl can ball. You saw what she did at the WNBA three-point contest. I'm sure you have by now. If not, the video is up on the Phantom Sports YouTube. Go watch it. She hit. Pretty much every shot in that three-point contest in the second round, in the championship round, she only missed two shots. She ended up scoring 37 points. That's a record for both the NBA and the WNBA. Most points in a quarter. Or in a round, I should say. Not in a quarter, because it was in the three-point contest. But, that being said, we know that she's an elite shooter. We've known that for a while. But just an um, amazing performance. I mean, just majestical to watch her shoot as well as she did. In that three-point contest. She couldn't miss. And she needed to up her game. From the first round. And that's exactly what she did. What she did is better than what we've seen from. Steph Curry. Clay Thompson. Damian Lillard. Carl Anthony Towns. And even Ali Quibley from last season. And Tyrese Halliburton. So it was just... Amazing to watch that. Amazing to see... A star in the WNBA put on a performance like that. But speaking of Steph Curry and Clay Thompson, first of all, let's talk about Steph Curry's hole in one, huh? That was perfect. That was a perfected shot. Might have been a little lucky, but I'm going to give the man credit. He's been He's been doing about as good as he 
does on the court out there on the green. He's a well-rounded athlete. Let's just put it that way. It's the simplest way to put it. He's a well-rounded athlete who could do anything he wants. But, are the Golden State Warriors destined for another championship? I think they are. You have to take a look at their roster. They have an old roster. They re-signed Draymond Green, Steph Curry, Klay Thompson. They brought in Chris Paul. They have Gary Payton, who's most likely going to end up being the starting small forward this year. They brought in Dario Saric, Corey Joseph. They still have Jonathan Kuminga, Andrew Wiggins, Kayvon Looney. It's going to be a solid all-around team. If you haven't already, go read the article on the Golden State Warriors on phantomsportsindustries.com. I did a deep dive on why they might be destined for another championship, at least another championship run. There's a deep dive on it. But with that being said, thank you everybody for watching. The Hoop Culture Podcast. Once again, my name is Dakota Haynes. I am the lead NBA reporter right here on phantomsportsindustries.com. Saying so long. See you next week.